0: Sure as God made green apples someday the Chicago Cubs are gonna be in the World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Is he alive? This is gonna be
1: Joining me on the line is tony and you know him from NBC sports chicago he's a cubs reporter and senior digital producer for NBC sports chicago you can follow tony on twitter at tony and 23 tony thanks for being on the show man yeah no problem thanks for having me back yeah of course we're always happy to have you on the show obviously uh it's the off season and things have been somewhat interesting obviously david ross is on this is this team's coach now which is crazy they're their manager and uh The Cubs made some option deals or decided on some options. Some players decided to opt in, so We're getting a better idea of what the roster looks like, but I thought it was interesting. The Cubs declined options for a good amount of pitchers, and one of them including Kendall Graveman. Um, It sounds like they didn't offer Cole Hamels a qualifying offer, which isn't surprising at like almost $18 But looking at this roster, are you nervous that the Cubs may not be trying to spend money, or what's your outlook right now with a couple of these moves they've made recently?
0: Yeah, the Graveman one option, like you said, it is very interesting. I mean, it's it's $3 million, so, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, $3 million, I mean, that's really not that much, not for a guy who could potentially be, you know, uh, part of the rotation,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it, it's just kind of, you know, it's deja vu from a year ago where Drew Smiley spent all of 2018, you know, potentially, or like working his way back from Tommy John surgery and the Cubs had invested in him. They actually committed 10 million dollars to him they only committed you know a little under four to graveman here um mm-hmm. but you know and then they had to get rid of uh sorry get rid of drew smiley last year trading him two Texas in order to like clear up some room to bring back cole hamels so um yeah very kind of similar situation so basically they paid kendall graveman you know six hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was to just work out with the team last year and uh yeah and recover from tommy john surgery and that was his first year with the organization so he was around wrigley a couple times Uh, i never actually had an opportunity to talk to him um Mm -hmm. but you know definitely around working out excuse me he had a locker there for most of the year just because the cubs have so many like spare lockers and stuff uh so yeah it's just you know interesting overall but it also does make sense from the cubs perspective i mean why would you want to throw $3 million at a guy who didn't throw a pitch for really any organization in 19? So he'd have maybe 75, maybe a hundred innings max for you. And you don't know what quality those innings are going to be, or if you'll want them even at the big league level. So yeah, for a team that actually, you know, is trying to be budget conscious right now that why pay $3 million for somebody who's such an unknown, who has health and performance question marks?
1: That's a good point. And I I think that's the part people are missing. I I think a lot of people are just really nervous because we kind of saw this last year, like you said, with Drew Smiley. And then ultimately the Cubs didn't spend much money. And obviously they're always going to come out and say they're, they're not spending money. The Cubs are never going to tip their hand. And and Theo Epstein talked a little bit about that last week with, with Dave Kaplan actually on ESPN 1000. I think he was on the radio with them for about a half hour. It was him and I think Pat Boylan too as well. Um, Or Pat Boyle. Um, But I just combined Jim Boylan and Pat Boyle. That's interesting. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, they were talking with Theo Epstein and he was kind of giving some like idea behind what their plan was for this year. But I, I thought it was interesting. The one thing I pulled from that is he said something along the lines that this team might be less talented on paper coming into 2020, but could be a better team overall. And I'm not quite sure what he meant by that. Did he mean just like the group that they might have might be underrated, but could be better? Or is he just saying the team might take a dip next year?
0: You know, I think the best way to decipher that would be for the last two years, 18 and 19, and really probably by and large 17 too, it's the Cubs have had a super talented roster that has not played up to expectations. they, Sure, they won the division in 2017, and they made it all the way to the NLCS, but they Mm -hmm. had that hangover. I mean, they were, what, two games under 500 going into the All-Star break and ended up surging past the Brewers and Cardinals. But, you know, when you're 43 and 45 more than halfway through the season, like, yeah, all that talent and, you know, winning the World Series before, like, that's that's not really acceptable. That's not playing, you know, up to your potential or, or anything like that. 18, same kind of thing. I mean, sure they won 95 games, but we all know the the story there. The offense broke, and so on. And then this past season, I mean, yeah, they they just they didn't even come close to winning 95 games. They didn't win the division. They were out of it with you know almost a full week to go um, with right. the season. So it was. It's just they've had so much talent. And you look on it. I mean, on paper this year, I really defy anybody to make an example or to make a strong case that any team had more talent on paper in the division than the Cubs. They didn't. I mean, the Brewers didn't, for sure. They had mm-hmm. so many holes in their roster, uh, but but especially the way they've played in September the last couple of years, like they played better than their talent or up to the talent at least. And the Cubs have played below it. So I think it just goes back to Theo's, his popular phrase that he wants to make sure the team is greater than the sum of the parts. And he, that hasn't been the case. They've had so many super talented players, and you look at the roster, a lot of guys had really good years, but team-wise, they didn't. And and so how do you right. figure that out? How do you make that something that, you know, the team plays better than having, I don't know, four guys who are all-stars or whatever else? Like They care more about the team wins, in, in a sense, than in the individuals. And I'm pretty sure that's what Theo meant by all that.
1: Right. No, that was good. I appreciate you doing that. Um, he summarized that really well. Of course, we're speaking with Tony and Drackey from NBC Sports Chicago. You follow him on Twitter at Tony and Drackey 23 um, sticking with obviously the the Cubs theme here with this offseason, there's there's change coming and we're we're going to see some of that. But the Cubs front office has specifically talked about internal change and and talking less about more of the roster and more about what they're doing with those players that are on the roster. Um, what kind of changes can we expect for 2020 in terms of personnel? And I know obviously the coaching staff is going to look a little bit different. I know Madden, I think, swiped a couple of guys last week, but Ross is probably going to bring his own guys in, but what kind of changes can we expect in terms of like player development and what's going on inside that Cubs, whatever, I guess, whatever the player development system is going to be called.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of changes coming, I mean, to the roster for sure. Uh, there was so much change that was teased last year, right? I mean, right. Theo's end of season pressure was so interesting and, you know, just all, the offense broke and uh, all these different things. You're like, Oh yeah, there's a lot of change coming this off season. And because mm-hmm. of the budget, they just didn't have the opportunity. And, and I mean, last year, who were you going to trade? There were very few guys that had really any trade value and the contracts weren't good or were very tradable assets and so on. But now this year after a full year of, of, the same kind of problems plaguing the team and and like i just said a lot of guys had good individual seasons a lot of trade value a lot of guys recoup their trade value so i mean for example wilson Contreras, uh year over year i mean his trade value has soared through the roof kyle Schwarber as well um yeah. you know addison russell obviously not for for off-field reasons as well as on field um albert almora jr no as well but you know, it's, it's like Almora did have a couple good months to start the season, so maybe some team wants to, like, look at that and be like, oh, okay, there's somebody to buy. Either way, the Cubs are in a better position financially than they were a year ago. They don't have to worry about picking up Cole Hamill's $20 million option and trying to make that fit because they really need his leadership or whatever. So I do think there's a ton of change coming. And like you mentioned, I mean, there's they completely reconfigured and reconstructed their – front office in terms of player development and you know they did it before a couple weeks before the end of the season where they moved player development head uh jason mccloud they moved him over to as a special assistant in theo's front office there on the big league club so he's going to be a part of the major league team instead of about you know amateur scouting and player development so between that and then his right hand man jaron madison basically moved over and is going to be doing a bit of scouting but is also going to be doing uh uh, is over to the uh, big league front office as well. So it's they've definitely mixed things up. There's still going to be outside hires that they have to announce. I'm sure we'll hear more about that uh, next week from at, from the GM meetings and stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, David Ross is a huge change, going from Joe Maddon in the last five years to Ross and then anticipating several different coaching changes. Um, you know, a, a bunch of guys might be on their way out beyond just Brian Butterfield and strength coach Tim Buss. Right, um, you were obviously there for the
1: uh, David Ross press conference. It wasn't necessarily it was it was weird to see David Ross get the jersey put on after you know wearing a jersey for the Cubs for the last couple of years. But it, it felt very familiar, even though it wasn't seeing him in that position. What was kind of your takeaway from Ross, and what were some of the things that you liked that he said in that press conference?
0: Yeah, you know, it, honestly, I had just kind of forgotten how charismatic Ross is because he hasn't really talked in a press conference setting in a while. I mean, he's been on TV, sure. We've seen him around the ballpark a bunch and, uh, you know, have conversation, say hi to him and and everything else, but not really in like a polished press conference type of situation like that. So um, yeah, it was, it was interesting and it was, you know, kind of reminded um, everybody that he is going to like, really nailed the the public relations kind of part of this the the press conferences and speaking to the media multiple times a day and so on so that was one thing that stood out but the other to me I mean he was very prepared with his answers I think he you know answered things really well but I, I want to know more about what accountability looks like to him like what he that word was used so much by him and Theo and they're going to hold other people accountable what what does that look like and in what situations and how like are they going to hold somebody accountable when they don't run a ball out or are they going to hold somebody accountable when they get when they come back to the dugout pissed off because they struck out but the team's winning 5-2 like how is it that they're going to hold people accountable and and in what ways what is it that they think is so wrong and you know what we're not really going to get a full answer I'm sure like not anything that's going to actually satisfy us but I'd be curious to know a little bit more about how and in what ways he's going to hold the other guys accountable.
1: I do have a quick word from one of our sponsors, Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the US, and since Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code MLB. The Tried Free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We are the for sponsoring Lockdown Cubs? That's true. I mean, that's that's 100% he used that word. I think more than any other word in that press conference, him and Theo both uh, talking about accountability and that's great to hear. And that's exactly what the Cubs felt like they didn't have. It felt like with Joe Madden. Um, but yeah, a great point. It's interesting to see when, when that's going to come out is, is Ross going to go and, you know, yell at someone like you said for not run, running a ball out or, you know, is he going to take Javi out if he decides to take third in the ball or on play, he really should have only stayed at second. Like it'll be interesting to see where those come in. Um, I guess my my last question for you here, obviously this team's going to be adding some players um, and some players might be leaving this roster. And I think we've kind of seen this move coming, like you said, last couple of years, the Cubs kind of stood in one spot, it feels like a little bit. Um, who's someone on this roster that might not be here to start 2020? Who's who's one guy you think the Cubs could try and package and it might make sense?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Elmora. Uh, I, I don't think Addison mm. Russell will be here either for a right. number of different reasons, like I can't arbitration-wise, I don't understand how you could possibly pay Elmore five million dollars for the player, or I'm sorry, Russell for the five million dollars for the player he has been on the field for the last few years, let alone all the off-field issues and and uh, mental mistakes even that he had this year as well. So yeah. I think Russell's gone for a lot of different reasons, but Elmore is a guy that you know, I mean, he he's set to make in his first year of arbitration. MLB Trade Rumors had the estimated, I think, $1.8 And that's a lot to me from a guy that's basically a fourth outfielder. I mean, they absolutely needed to take him out of the starting lineup when they got Nick Castellanos. That's why they did it. I mean, a huge reason why their offense wasn't working is because El was taking every day at-bats in center field, and he, he doesn't get on base. He doesn't see a lot of pitches. He hits he has an extreme ground ball percentage. And you know what? He also wasn't anywhere close to being a gold glove defender this year. Like, the numbers don't really lie. He made some great plays at the beginning of the year, and that seemed to fizzle out, kind of culminating in that uh, play where he got turned around and gave up a triple in Darvish's bid for a complete game in the last last home game of the year. So I just think it's kind of a mess of a season all around for Almora so uh-huh. I, I don't know. I, I could see, you know, a team like, for example, the Royals or, or a rebuilding team that might have some room and be like, hey, this guy could be a piece down the line. A couple million dollars really isn't that much for a guy that, you know, could be a nice role player for a, for a team that's not trying to contend. Maybe as part of a package with Ian Happ or something like that. You, you don't. I, I don't know exactly what it would look like, right. but I think I'm more as a, a guy that could be on his way out because I don't think. I think the Cubs can still be a good team and do what they want without a guy like Almora. Of course it would be ideal and it'd be nice if he could figure it out and be the guy that we all know he can be. I mean, play Glove right. caliber defense and, and be a great clubhouse guy and, you know, hit at least at a high average, even if he's not drawing walks or putting the ball in the seats all that often. But he just hasn't been that guy. And really for two years now, it's so much of a sample size that I don't think the Cubs can afford to wait on him any longer.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly. I mean, like the 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 type of player Elmora has been for the Cubs the last couple of years, you could probably get somewhere else and not spend that much money and, and probably get maybe more production or versatility or whatever it may be. But even still, like it was crazy. Like Elmora's 2019 season was just so weird. I mean, we saw him take a step back defensively. He looked so slow in center field he couldn't hit i mean i think he had a runs weighted runs creation of like 67 which was like god awful i think it might have been the worst out of qualified outfielder so yeah it was it was was not good um, to say the least yeah. i i hope for the i hope for the best cuz obviously like he holds a special place in my heart being that first guy that they drafted but obviously it hasn't quite worked out. So um, one final question I have for you, and then I'll let you go, Tony. Um, if you had to point out, I mean, I think the Cubs are going to add starting pitching regardless. Um, I think that's happening. I, I don't think Steven Strasburg or Garrett Cole or anyone's coming, but if you had to pick someone who no one's really talking about right now, that might make a good fit for the Cubs right now, who'd be that guy for you?
0: Uh, so I've been talking about it, but I think Howie Kendrick makes, a, a, he's a great fit for this team. I wrote about it last week. And, I mean, just watching what he did in October illustrates what he's capable of. I know he's 36 and he's getting up there in age, but I mean, Ben Zobrist was a huge part of the team and they almost kind of talked about him like a potential savior in September. And that guy's 38, you know, it's just (laughs) when you're, when you have a professional advanced approach at the plate, it doesn't really matter how old you are, as long as you catch up to a fastball and Howie Kendrick and Ben Zobrist, obviously, too, have both proven that they're able to do that. So, you know, for a lot of different reasons, like Howie Kendrick actually leads baseball in batting average over the last three seasons above Jose Altuve and everybody else. So, um, and then he just, he doesn't strike out much. He would have had the best strikeout rate of anybody on the Cubs. He can play Mm -hmm. multiple positions. He's not really a great defender at this point in his career, but, you know, I think second base insurance for, Nico Horner I think that that's pretty huge and insurance at third and first uh, for Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo and you know you you kind of know that Rizzo's back is going to pop up again and cause him to miss a right. week here or there so it'd be nice to have an a, a option behind him besides Caratini and then uh, yeah I mean you could always move Chris Bryan to the outfield and play Kendrick at third so I just think you know all these different reasons and then the fact that he's talked about as a leader and a big clubhouse guy and and this approach at the plate that, you know, I think could really help the lineup and help diversify it. So it's not just this guy who's kind of an all or nothing, like they have a lot of those. And, you know, even Al Mora, to an extent is all or nothing because while he doesn't strike out as much as some of the other guys, he still hits too many balls on the ground. And so it's like either a hit or a ball on the ground. That's an easy out early in the count. So, you know, for, the Cubs just need to find ways to diversify this lineup so it's not just so easy to attack them. And that's something that Theo Epstein talked about at the end of the year. I mean, he was like, it's it's obvious. Other teams know how to pitch us. They know how to attack us because the book has been out on us for a couple of years. And I think mm-hmm. adding a veteran like Howie Kendrick can help change that scouting report and make make it tougher for opposing pitchers to pitch to this lineup.
1: Right. Well, I mean, Howie Kendrick checks a lot of boxes. I think he's exactly the type of guy the Cubs haven't gone out and got before, it feels like. Obviously, Ben Zobers on the roster, that kind of makes sense. But I mean, Howie Kendrick would be a great fit on this team. High contact guy, like you said, doesn't strike out, can play a couple different positions, but as just like a depth player or maybe a guy you play for a couple months if he's a hot bat, like that's perfect. That's what the Cubs need to add roster. So Yeah, exactly. Tony, I appreciate you taking the time, of course, that we were speaking with Tony and Drackey. You can follow him on Twitter at TonyDrackey23. He is a Cubs reporter and senior digital producer for NBC Sports Chicago. He is part of the Cubs Talk podcast, which actually just got some really sweet intro music. I like your guys' music, man.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. The NBC's kind of redoing all the podcast intros and stuff. So that was, we were the beneficiary of that
1: okay well it was cool i liked it but um any anything else you want to shout out here before i let you go tony
0: no no that's it the gm meetings start next week so we'll hear a lot more about what's going on internally as you mentioned uh between Mm -hmm. you know player development but also really it's kind of fun i mean now the the fun begins because i really think there's going to be a lot of change this winter so that's starting really soon here with free agency and all that wrapping or starting to heat up
1: definitely it'll give us something to talk about at least too hopefully we won't be sitting around waiting for things to happen this year so but yeah, I, he's mean, I think
0: league wide we probably will but yeah. wide, I say if it's an interesting rest of 2019 definitely well tony i appreciate you taking the time man uh as always uh
1: you you enjoy the rest of your day man
0: uh thanks again yeah sure thing thanks for having me